bankruptcy, divorce laws, disability, probate, there are so many classes on the path to practicing law. Unfortunately, most schools fail to instruct you on the business of law. This is Solo De Facto, a show dedicated to discovering the success secrets that exist in the reality of running a solo practice. My goal is to find the one thing that separates each guest from the rest to give you practical solutions to create a thriving firm. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist. Have you ever wondered how much to show of yourself in your law firm's branding and marketing? My guest today has mastered how to show up authentically and attract her ideal clients, and she's here to share how she's doing it. I am so thrilled to have one of my absolute favorite people to follow on TikTok, LinkedIn, Elizabeth Pickle. She is the founder of Mindful Counsel, based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Mindful Counsel offers a boutique estate planning experience for its clients. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. I appreciate you having me on. I'm so excited to have you here. I am not fluffing you up at all when I say I absolutely, when I see one of your new posts come out, I actually get excited to look at it. I really do appreciate that because that's that's the goal is to stand out a little bit more maybe than other attorneys and to entertain and educate. Yes, I edutain. That's what I say. <laughs> I must edutain people. Yeah. Um, but before we get talking about how you kind of crafted your practice and really put your personality into it, I saw that you had started studying medicine. So how did you get here? Yes. Oh, that seems like many moons ago, but um, I had always been fascinated with science and the human body um, as, as a kid. And so um, I started off uh, as a pre-med student and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And so I'd always anticipated I would go into uh, neurology or psychiatry um, because the brain was, is so, it's so fascinating and the study of the brain. And so when I graduated um, from college, I started working in an inpatient psychiatric unit and I was working a third shift and I was studying for the MCATs um, at the same time. And as I, as I was working, I noticed a lot of um, a lot of potential issues <laughs> in the psychiatric hospital with the way that patients were being treated, um, a lot of civil liberty issues, discrimination, and then just really poor treatment of of these of these folks who were suffering from uh, you know schizophrenia and bipolar um, and. You know, one day I, I talked to my boss, who is the chief of psychiatry, and I said, you know, we need to do something here. We need to create some type of a bill of rights for these, these patients. And he said to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, you know what, Liz, you're in the wrong business. Um, if you want to be a doctor, then we play by these rules that we're playing by. Maybe you'd be better suited in law school. And so I thought about it. And I thought about maybe I am a better, better suited as an advocate for people. And that's how it all began. I left that's and I cool. went off to law school. Yeah. <laughs> that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. <laughs> that's awesome. So is this your, is this the first firm? Did you work in other areas first? How did you come upon estate planning, IP, trademarks? Yeah. So when I graduated from law school, um, I had really starry eyes and rose colored glasses and I, and I wanted to be an advocate. So I started working 
um, in, in constitutional law and um, civil liberties and then um, employment law um, and working with other, other law firm, in, in other law firms um, on discrimination matters. But then my grandfather actually approached me and he said, Elizabeth, you're a big fancy schmancy attorney. I want you to do something for me. And I said, sure, Grandpa, what, what can I do? And he said, well, I'd like you to draft my will. And I thought, oh, yawn. You know, that's the most <laughs> dry, boring thing I could possibly imagine. But of course, I'll draft your will, Grandpa. Why wouldn't I? So I did go ahead and I, I drafted his will. And I really didn't understand that there was a whole uh, practice area of estate planning, which encompassed many different types of estate planning tools. And so as the years went by and my grandfather eventually passed away, um, the will was probated um, and, and that wasn't a problem. But unfortunately, um, my, a family member of mine inherited my grandfather's uh, farm and then later lost it in a divorce. Oh, wow. And so had I used a different type of tool, such as maybe a trust, um, we would still have that, that farm in our family today. Oh, and so that is what, yeah. So I just said, you know, this is something that clearly I have been called to do. And um, I started off on my estate planning journey. I think that's amazing. And I bet grandpa would be so proud to know that it would be like, not on my watch, never again. Exactly, Emily. That's exactly what I said to myself um, after lots of therapy <laughs> and, and, and hoping that my grandfather would forgive me, um, not on my watch. So here we are. I hear that. I do feel like through the, our greatest mistakes, our greatest trials come the biggest leap of growth for us. So, and it changed your life. Precisely. I feel like there's a blessing in everything. Absolutely. It is the silver lining of my entire career. Yeah. So you're so amazing at being authentic. Was that intentional from the get-go? Uh, well, as of late, it, it's been very intentional um, because I did in the, in the very beginning of my career for many years, I, I fit in, I forced myself to fit inside this box of what I thought I was supposed to be, of uh, what society wanted me to be, what my colleagues wanted me to be, who they wanted me to be. And um, you know, it just there was a, a period of time where I definitely considered leaving the law because I was so unhappy, um, pretending to be someone I wasn't. Yep. I, I know when I started the business, people said it's it's too silly, it's cheeky, it's it's attorneys wear suits, they're buttoned up. And I said, well, then those probably aren't my clients because I'm cheeky and I, I want to attract people who are entrepreneurial. We want to have fun, work hard, be serious, get it done. But there's no reason we can't have fun. I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly um, my mindset now. And certainly it was scary in the beginning um, to sort of be myself, be authentic. Um, but once the results start appearing, 
um, you begin to realize that, you know, it's, it's the best decision you could ever make. Absolutely. I think as a solo too, it's so important because the big box firms, they're all going to have that buttoned up suit look. But with the solo, if we can connect with you, it's like, wow, I, I want this person to be my best friend and my lawyer. <laughs> yes, ex exactly. And of course, that we have to have a little bit of boundaries. But, but you certainly, I think that the general public understands that if you have a law degree, if you are licensed to practice, if you've been in business for several years, you're clearly competent. You're clearly yep. able to do the work and do it well. But do you like your lawyer? You know, is, the, is your lawyer someone you can confide in? Do you trust them? Do you know, like, and trust is, is the yeah. first thing. Yeah. So good. No liking trust. That's everything. Yeah. What was one of the first things you did? You said it was a little rough in the beginning. Uh, what were you afraid might happen and how did it turn out? So really, um, the, I think the first thing that I, I worried about is, is niching down into a particular specialty area. Um, believe it or not, there was a point in time where I thought I could be the lawyer for everyone and help, help someone with any issue they ever had. And real quickly, you learn that you're not the lawyer for everybody and, and you should specialize because then if, if you don't, you know, you're, you're a, what's the saying? You're a, a master at nothing. Master um, at none. Right. Right. I hear that. We, I have uh, one of my salespeople, they said, I got this call and they, there's this big firm. And I was like, who do we build our service for? Who do we serve? So lows. But yes. if they don't fit the picture, you know, it's just not for us. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> Yep. I, I say all the time in my personal life, that's not for me, whether it's a friendship or a relationship. Sometimes it's not for me. Sometimes it is. It has to fit in the vision. Exactly. It does have to, it does have to fit in the vision. And that is one thing that I didn't know about myself again, until I think very recently with the pandemic and, um, you know, kind of going into this place now where, Am I going to, am I going to stand out? Am I going to be authentic? Am I going to be me and really hone in on my brand and who I serve? Because it's either now or never. Um, so many attorneys, I think were struggling at the beginning of the pandemic, trying to figure out you know, who it is they serve. And fortunately I am I am very grateful every day of my life that you know, we've grown tremendously during the pandemic because we focused in on who we serve and who we are. That's wonderful. So I was going to ask what the results have been. Um, now, your website, was that a recent rebranding? It's really beautiful. Yes. Thank you very much. It was, it's, it was just completed, I think, about a month ago. Very recent. It's wonderful. It's warm. It's welcoming. Um, you know, what, did you give that insight to your developer? Did you kind of have, do you have a strong vision? Do you have it written down? I'm just so curious. How did you come up with all of these things? Yes. <clears throat> so again, going back to the um, sort of when we were starting to go into this lockdown in the pandemic, uh, during the pandemic, it's, it's when I really sat down and, and I was seeing other attorneys kind of, uh, everybody was really fearful, really everything that, that it seemed like everybody was operating from this fear-based mindset. 
And so I, I just, I sat down and I said, well, I'm going to make this work either, either I'm going to make this work being me being authentic or it's not going to work. And if I fail, then at least I was just being myself and that I can, that I can handle that I can tolerate. So I sat down and I created, um, you know, just kind of this, this vision of, of who I want to serve and the type of law practice I want to have. And I, I said to myself, wow, Liz, you're, you're a visionary. And I had never considered, I'm an analytical, rational, reasonable attorney, you know, risk averse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, you kind of have to become a visionary in that case. I love it. I love it. How, what, tell me about TikTok. I'm so scared I, to put videos on there and I'm, I'm in awe of you. I want to hear all about that experience and the, the feedback and comments you get. Yeah. So, so TikTok was never supposed to be, I always say a thing. It was never supposed to be a thing. And, you know, again, I think a lot of us during, during the lockdown, um, we're kind of trying to find ways to pass time and entertain ourselves. And I'm sure I stumbled across the TikTok video, probably on Facebook. And I just noticed that there was something really unique about these videos. Um, they were quite entertaining. And I asked my son, he was, he was, I think, 17 at the time. And I said, Cameron, what is TikTok? And he said, well, mom, it's nothing you need to concern yourself with. <laughs> and so, of course, I immediately became concerned. And just started checking it out. And lo and behold, discovered there were many other professionals on TikTok. I certainly was not the first attorney on TikTok. So I just at first started watching these other lawyers, doctors, dentists, uh, financial advisors. There weren't a lot of them, but there were some. And I started to watch what they were doing. And it became this epiphany where this could be amazing marketing. This could be amazing. And uh, the rest is kind of history, as they say. <laughs> That's great. I like, uh, I think it's Port City Attorney. I think he's in maybe Portland. There's so many I follow, but I like the ones who make me laugh. I love the one that, you know, they really are tongue in cheek and they're funny. And, you know, there's one that's a criminal attorney and he says, when John calls me again at, you know, 2 a.m. on a Saturday and it shows him money, 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 <laughs> you know, they're just going to chuckle out of him. But and then he does other ones where it's entertaining and giving advice and here's what to do if you get pulled over. And it kind of gets us going. There's things on there I've, I've seen and things, especially on estate planning, where it gets the wheel spinning. So as a consumer, like I hadn't thought of that. Maybe I should get my estate plan. Great Absolutely, stuff. Emily. Yes. And so again, attorneys have to be very careful not to cross that line of legal advice. But speaking for myself, the sole purpose behind my TikTok videos are to plant that seed, to get someone to say, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. And with estate planning, it's extremely dry. I mean, you're, we're, we're a death, I'm a death lawyer. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very dry and so is trademark, trademarking and intellectual property. You're dealing with a government bureaucracy um, when you're trying to trademark your brand. And so, 
you know, sometimes it's challenging to come up with some entertaining content, but I just could not have imagined the results and um, the positive feedback from the public, because I do really believe that people want to know their attorney is a human being, a human being. That's great. I share your TikToks with our team. And so I know one of my team members has been following as well and is like, this is the one for me and then has had an amazing experience. So you're really fluid from the way you present yourself online and then in person. It's really consistent. It's all a, a you know synchronistic experience of experiencing you as a person. I think that's really cool. I really, I, I appreciate that feedback uh, because again, when you step out on these ledges and you try out new things, um, it's, it's really scary. And uh, you hope that it's resonating with people and you hope that, um, you know, the feedback will be positive. And, and you know, the, the, obviously the, the final goal here is to, is to reach people and help them solve their problems and, and do so you know, as easily as possible and provide a superior customer service experience. So absolutely. Do you think that some attorneys might have a little bit of a fear that it's really a vulnerable place to put yourself out there and to say, this is who I am? Because now people, if they reject you, they're rejecting you as a human. Um, do you think that holds people back? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And it held me back for years. Um, the only, the only, uh, let's see, criticism that I had when I especially started doing the TikToks were from my own colleagues. Lawyers shouldn't be on TikTok. Okay, well, perhaps maybe, you know, some lawyers shouldn't be, or you have, you do have to be very mindful of what you post on TikTok. Sure. Um, but it, it is, it does hold certain people back. And I will also say that, you know, maybe it's not for every attorney. Maybe it isn't for everyone. And I know that there certainly are members of the public who perhaps change the channel, if you will, when they see me come on. Uh, and, and that's okay. I'm not for everybody. Um, but, you know, certainly um, there are people who find it um, attractive and useful and entertaining. Um, again, it's important not to be the professional for everyone. I agree. So my son's in a coaching program. He's 14 and he's in a confidence program and I'm, I'm listening in because it's good stuff. And he's saying, um, you know, out of 10 people in the room, you know, one's not going to like you at all. A couple of them won't. A couple might think you're okay not really care one way or another, but about two, maybe three of them are really going to like you. Those are your people. Ignore everything else. And as an adult, I'm like, oh, that that's hitting hard because it, we do want to be liked. And it's so hard to put yourself out there. Yes, certainly. That is human nature that we want to please. And we want it. We want to be liked by people. Um, but there just there isn't a, a, a better feeling when when you know that you're reaching your target audience, you're reaching your tribe, and then the community that you are able to build, it's just, um, it's almost as though I couldn't, I couldn't have planned it on a piece of paper, you know, any better. Um, it's all about being authentic, truly. 
That's fantastic. So if you, if somebody came to you and said, Liz, I, I need a plan. I need to know how to do this. I've been kind of the buttoned up suit look. I kind of want to let loose a little and show a little flavor of who I am. Like how, where would you tell them to start? Yeah, it really starts small. And I think starting with video and it doesn't need to be a TikTok video, just, um, just a video introducing yourself. Don't use a script. Just start talking about who you are, how you got here, who you serve, who you, who you want to help and ways that you can help and just be natural and understand that it takes time and it takes practice. That's such good advice. I have a friend who does marketing and it's, it's for fitness companies, but I pay attention. His stuff is really valid, but um, something he's been talking about is those more polished scripted videos uh, when you're posting ads, they're getting bypassed more than the ones that look like they were filmed out of an iPhone, you know, in your backyard, because people feel like those are more authentic. And so even from a marketing perspective, that's such good advice. It, absolutely. And the, and the funny thing is, is um, I, I have a, a business coach and mentor and she recently said to me, Liz, your, your TikToks are amazing. Everybody loves them. We know, we know, but it's time for you to do a few more serious YouTube videos. And so I have started to do those and I will tell you, they do not get the applause. They just don't get the feedback or the views that the, the more uh, relaxed, authentic videos receive. Well, it probably goes into also knowing your, your market and your demographic, because if you're trying to do the estate planning for maybe people entering retirement, they may not be on TikTok, but if you're looking and you support a lot of young families and entrepreneurs, that's going to skew younger. So you, you know where your people are. Precisely. That's a very good point. And so TikTok has really been instrumental in growing my trademark practice because there are so many young entrepreneurial creatives on TikTok who are creating these incredible brands. And so they want to protect their intellectual property. Whereas Facebook really lends to the uh, creating the estate planning side of the practice. Yeah. That's great. I know that's a really good part, piece of marketing advice. And I always heard, you know, it's the message, the message can stay the same, but over years, it's always, it's just the medium. It's, you know, we don't use yellow pages as much. We just change up our mediums where our audience is hanging out today. Yes. And it, it, it changes all the time. And TikTok is a trend right now and it will have its day. The day will come where it ends and something new will come about. Um, so in the meantime, we're just going to use it, have fun with it and see what happens. That's great. I love it. So if you're a solo and you're watching, don't be afraid, do it. You can see it's worked well. It's scary, but it's been successful. People want to know who you are. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. You've, you've got to take some risks and chances in business. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask you, share something that not everyone knows about you. Give me some juicy tidbit about Liz. So, oh boy, that, that's a tough one. Um, I'd say I'm an introvert. A lot of people can't believe that when I tell them that I am an introvert. Um, and the other thing is, I, I, like I said before, I think I mentioned, I almost left the practice of law. Um, and so I became a personal chef for a couple of years. 
Wow. She yep. can cook too. Well, yeah, I, I don't so much anymore, but yes, yes. And it was That's a great. really good time for me to kind of get introspective and kind of and meditative about whether or not I wanted to pursue you know, the practice of law and how was I going to do it in a way that honored me and my integrity and focused on how I could best help clients. That's great. So if you could go back in time and just give yourself all that juicy advice that would have maybe saved you a little bit of heartache when you were first starting out as a lawyer, what would you have told yourself? Yeah, I would tell, I would have told myself to take more risks. Um, lawyers by nature are very risk averse, but when you're a solo and you're on your own, running your own practice, you have to take risks um, and you, you will fail. And, and so you have to be okay with that and um, pick yourself up and, and start again. Yep. I said the only failure to me is a failure to learn and grow from something. So yeah, that's great advice. Um, how can our listeners connect with you? Sure. So my website is themindfulcouncil.com. And then the website will have links to all social media. Um, Mindful Council or The Mindful Council is my handle on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and so uh, the best way to find everything you need about, about Mindful Council is to go to the website. That's great. It's a great place to go if you need some inspiration on how do I start, you know, what does warm and inviting look like? You, you are nailing it. Oh, thank you very much. We're trying to go for a, for a kind of an Arizona vibe. Um, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Dig it. Nice desert vibes. Um, that's awesome. I so appreciate you spending time with me today and want to say to our listeners, if you're listening, you learned something of value, share it with a friend. Let's support our solo community and help us all prosper. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Emily. And may I say that I couldn't, I couldn't have done everything that I've done with my firm without you and back office Betty's. So thank you very much. Aww, you're very sweet. You warm my heart. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information, visit our site at solodefacto.com. And remember, smash that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist, helping you grow your firm one call, one chat, one new client at a time. To discover how they can help you grow your firm, head on over to backofficebetty's.com and mention the Solo De Facto show for an exclusive listener offer.